0: No doubter nation after a few weeks away we are back live with our Sunday night college baseball recap and this is a special one at this point of the year folks because you know it seemed like just yesterday uh, we were mm-hmm. kicking off the college baseball season uh, boom and I were turning tuning in intently uh, here because you know we we didn't we didn't know what the future of major league baseball for the 2022 <laughs> season was going to look like at that time, yeah. we were possibly preparing for an extended future where college baseball and the minors was all we were going to get. So we were, we we're going in intently. And obviously, you know, we have, uh, we have, uh, we have, uh, investments here obviously because of Texas tech and, uh, you know, it's a great sport as it is. Uh, but you know, major league baseball has <laughs> come back. We've continued to follow it over these past few months since, uh, and you know the the regular season has flown by just like it does every single year uh, and pretty much a uh, sans for a few games at this point in the uh, point in the year we are uh, we're about to start conference tournaments uh, here and then by this point next week they'll be all finished up we'll be about to see the, our uh, the reveal bracket for the field of 64 Uh, to the road for the road to Omaha. So man, it's been a, it's been a fun season. I've really enjoyed. uh, I certainly believe have really enjoyed this, uh, this season of college baseball. It has just been one of the more up and down years of college baseball for sure. Not not in terms of like, like ups, like good. And then downs, bad more of just like twists and turns of how the season has turned out here. Like I've got a tab open up here, Uh, comparing the top to comparing the top 25 from the preseason top 25 uh, that was released <laughs> yeah. right just days before the season began back in February compared to this one that was released as of the past week here. And just how taking a look at how ultimately it mm. turned out a lot of some similarities for sure, but some definite differences for sure. And some mm-hmm. teams that are not even in the picture at this point in the year. Yes. So crazy season. We've,
1: we certainly got a lot to talk about. We sure do. It's been a good year of college baseball i've definitely watched a lot more it's just it continues to be fun it is not much of a marathon as major league baseball it it comes and goes it's more kind of like a sprint Uh, it's just but it's kind of like most college sports you get the non-conference matchups at the beginning then they start beating up on each other we got learning a lot about rpi and the fact that some conferences get more love than others but hey that's how college football works too it's the same deal but yeah it's just the carousel of teams in the top 25 has been really interesting to see especially from the mid-majors perspective and i'm sure we'll we'll get into the top 25 as it stands and we'll talk about the surprises and there have been people who teams including our red raiders who have stayed strong and they are looking pretty good at this point
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, you know, I've been thinking the past few days since we had our conversation with Kyle Blanks, um, you know, mm-hmm. who played college baseball himself. He did a small, yeah. uh, a small junior college out in Arizona. albeit that. But just the, you know, it made me think that like he was talking about, this is a time of life for these guys. all From these guys all the way, you know, like the top programs of the world, the LSUs, the UCLAs, Vanderbilts, Tennessees, Oregon States of the world to uh to you know just these these teams you know are just barely scraping by uh into their conference tournaments and you're hoping for a miracle to run through and be a bracket (laughs) buster this year uh everything from from those and then you know guys playing you know small college ball and d2 d3 school stuff like that this is it made me think it just that the reality is is yeah have a sense of big picture and like a sense of grace to these guys start going out there and just under really kind of looking through the, through the lens of how hard this, this game is to play and that these guys going into college baseball, uh, this is the first time, this is really the period of their life where they're getting very specialized mm-hmm. kind of pouring into and training and coaching uh, in this here to really separate uh, separate. Hey, who, the guys from, Hey, who's this just, uh, is this just a, something you know you're continuing on for right now? <laughs> and when the road kind of comes to an end here, this is probably going to be it for you. Or do you have true major league potential? Um, like so that pitcher
1: from Tennessee who threw like
0: 105. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That Tennessee team is loaded. There's a lot of guys yeah. potential there for sure. Uh, Tony Vettel <laughs> and his crew, have, uh, yeah. have uh, certainly recruited well and, uh, are yeah. building a monster there in, uh, in oh, Knoxville. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, just a lot of respect for this game. I continue to love it more and more. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I thank you, man. Here, uh, you know, with this uh, this first full year of the podcast, yeah. you've, uh, you've let me kind of have this platform here, uh, be able to share it with you for oh, yeah. uh, for college baseball doing it in the evenings uh, here on Sundays. It's yeah. been a ton of fun. You know, been oh, a yeah. great learning experience here. I'm looking forward to you know what we can do with this. Uh, do with this in the future you know certainly there's an audience out there that's it's it's untapped into
1: ultimately at this point um but uh yeah i've had a ton of fun with it. i hope you have as well I sure have man college baseball is definitely out there it's when major league baseball gets hung up every five years college baseball will always be there for you (laughs) coming into the
0: rescue to uh yes (laughs) to save the billionaires from themselves (laughs) and the fans along the way well but we uh Enough talking uh, just randomly. Let's dive into baseball. But before we do that, we're going to dive into a special segment. You know, we we made it a little bit more more limited as of recent here. Kind of slowed it down a bit uh, here and done it more sparingly. But we're bringing it back for this episode here because it is a uh, a special episode here as we're winding down. Basically calling it a uh, uh, having a current call here on the regular season and moving into uh, into the postseason here. And the conference tournaments, and soon the uh, the road to Omaha. At that point, so that means it's time for pour and score, because when you pour, you score. When you're enjoying America's greatest pastime, uh, boom. How about you? Uh, you start us off with what you're drinking this evening.
1: All right, going all the way to H Town, baby. The summer solstice is not here, but it still doesn't mean I can se- cannot. It doesn't mean I I can't celebrate summer now. So I'm gonna be drinking the St. Arnold's award-winning summer pills because it is basically summer. Look at that! Look how eclectic it is. The patron saint wearing some sunglasses, really enjoying his time with a you know with a cooler full of beer. Look at that! Lovely. I love this brewery. Texas's oldest craft brewery. And they have by
0: far the best can art of any craft brewer out there. Like, not just here in Texas.
1: I've yet to find another craft brewer in America who has better can art than St. Ar- than St. Arnold's. Exactly, yes. It has a delicate, sweet malt taste complemented by an abundant hop aroma and flavor. The beer is brewed with a fine German malt and copious quantity of noble hops imported from the Czech Republic. There we go. It is 22 IBUs, 4.9% alcohol by volume so without further ado i'm gonna be pouring it in uh h town beer h town glass astros i know it's not uh college it but hey it's baseball so all right have you had this one Trav?
0: i believe so it's been a minute but the the cover art looks uh the can art that is looks very uh very familiar and i'm pretty i've had most of like the stuff that's like in the regular rotation for saint arnold's oh yeah
1: yeah this is one of their seasonals so well uh no no i think it uh, yes it is one of their seasonals so they don't have it year around per se Um, uh, but when it's summer you, you can it's that time of year so it makes sense very translucent if i don't say so myself you can basically see right straight through it Great nose to it. Very reminiscent of a typical Pils. So I'm going to go ahead and dive around on it. Mmm. Mmm. Kind of almost tastes like a blonde... A blonde ale, even though pill, all Pilsners are lagers. Uh, so it is a lager, so that means it's cold-brewed. But it has the refreshing kind of crossover to a blonde ale. But... With Mike, with most Pilsners, it's got a little bit of hops and a little bit of bitterness to it, just a tad. It's a a good way to kind of work your way into IPAs is to start off with the lower bitterness Pilsners. And if you can handle that, you can then go from there to the IPA territory. But yeah, you get just a tad bit, but the crisp and refreshingness is that's the overwhelming driver to this beer right there. Yeah, it just has a really good aftertaste. It's just so crisp, so refreshing. It's a good gateway beer. Um, just a little bit more specialized than, you know, a typical blonde ale, bud light, whatever. But, you know, it's got all the craft and you know, aroma to it. So definitely like it. Um, I do like pilsners, not as much as IPA's, but I do have a soft spot for Pilsners. Um, so raining. Mmm. This is tough. It's always tough to do the non-ipas i'm gonna go ahead and give this i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten which is pretty darn good considering i'm a hop head but it I mean, sounds like it's got those touch of hops from this description yes oh oh, oh oh yeah oh yeah so i mean an eight for a pilt for a non-ipa is pretty good when you think about it but put yourself in someone else's shoes i remember when we had the astros locker on if you're someone who doesn't like ipas but you like those light ones highly recommend this it's it's crisp it's refreshing drink it on a summer day they couldn't have made it any better chilling on the beach this is it i mean you're gonna have a good time so eight out of ten saint arnold's summer pills i love it yeah no we have we have have previewed now plenty of
0: saint arnold's brews on this Mm -hmm. show and i think between you and i None of them have ever been lower than a uh, than a B at least. Like they're Basically, they're just they a yeah. rock solid. Like that's that's the floor for them, it's a pretty darn good floor. Yo, <laughs> they, yeah. uh, they nothing <laughs> that comes out there really is ever subpar. They just do an exactly. incredible job for sure. Well, yeah. I'm uh, I'm working through you know whenever I come on this show, I always bring something uh, brand new that I have not uh, that I've not previewed before do repeats here um and so right now what i've got um you yet to be previewed is the last of my wine that i'm going through right now nice. and so this week i'm going with a robert Mandavi private selection rum barrel aged merlot california wow. 2019 so <laughs> Dang. Uh, that's a mouthful fi- yep join <laughs> the finer things in life tonight yes there you so, go so uh label here on the back says the Mer- merlot blends the craftsmanship of California winemaking with the exotic tradition of dark rum barrel aging. The cool climate of our coastal vineyards imparts the wine with jammy flavors of plum and blueberry. Man. Select lots are then aged in rum barrels, delivering complex nuances of toasted coconut, molasses, and rich vanilla when added to the blend. So, there you there you got go. my uh, Texas Tech glass here to uh, <laughs> appropriately celebrate college baseball this evening.
1: Rum aged, Merlot. Uh, I, I I think I've had bourbon aged wine before. Rum aged, very very interesting. Yes, I think this is the this is a
0: first at least that I in terms of like my awareness of uh, what I bought before uh, that I've got in terms of being rum aged here. I, uh, yeah, and I think I can tell. I'm normally not a big Merlot guy, but yeah. uh, this one I. Uh, you know, I probably one of my more favorites here, and take a sip here.
1: Nice color. I do like merlots a lot, and I'll explain why. So yeah, I think it's merlots
0: are interesting. Is like they hit mm-hmm. merlot kind of like a more traditional merlot by itself. It's like it hits sharp, and then it goes down kind of like rich and very kind of like musk, like kind mm-hmm. of like the there on the back end. Um, I get more of, I can definitely taste a little bit of that vanilla note, um, there, uh, and uh, get a touch of coconut and the molasses as well. I almost feel like, you know, this has the Merlot attitude, but more of like a, almost more of like a cab or Pinot Noir, um, mm-hmm. uh, drinking experience to it. That's the best way I can describe it. It's, it's like a Merlot okay. that kind of pushes more, um, in that direction for wines. Uh, mm-hmm. that's just my, it's just my opinion. Uh, if you're listening to this and you feel different here, and I have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, feel free to hit <laughs> up our business email and set me straight. Uh, but uh, hit me up on Twitter or wherever I'm at. Um, <laughs> and tell us otherwise. Uh, but that's just kind of my feel to it. Is you get these little tastes of notes, it kind of is that darker, yeah, more, I can get the, the rum barrel aging kind of feel to it. You don't normally get with Merlots, I feel like. So, uh, Interesting. yeah, I i'm not normally a big merlot guy i go more typically in the direction of a uh, of cabs and pinot noirs um hmm. uh so i would say in terms of what uh, you know why i'm gonna give this one here it's gonna be a good probably so i'm gonna give this one a good eight out of ten as well
1: there you go repping the bees for the win there you go For a non-Merlot guy, that see, we don't just stay in our wheelhouses. We don't just drink IPAs and cabs here. We like to branch out because our audience has distinct tastes. We are for our audience there. So if y'all are watching, go ahead, give us a comment, give us a like, share this broadcast. Share to us what what you're drinking this evening because we're all kicking back and getting ready for the work week. So
0: there we go. Once again, that was the Robert Mondavi Private Selection Merlot, California 2019. Rum barrel aged, yeah. And, yep, bottled, uh, vinced, and bottled by Robert Mandavi in in Campo, California. There fourteen point five percent alcohol by volume.
1: Going from four point nine to fourteen point nine. <laughs> yes, big old jump. And as we always like to end off the segment, we want to encourage our audience to please drink responsibly. So, absolutely, the only way to do it. Cheers to friend. a to a successful college baseball regular season. Yes, sir. There we go. All right, Trav, let's let us unwind. Let's unpack this season. Absolutely. So let's let's first talk about what,
0: uh, you know, it's been a few weeks since we've met here and, and talked yeah. college baseball. Uh, uh-huh. Let's talk. Let's just kind of go over real quick what the top 25 <clears throat> looked like for this past week. This is uh, the past Monday, uh, May 16th, uh, when the top 25 came out for the week. Uh, you had uh, number one or uh, number one, Tennessee, excuse me, went four and oh on the week, uh, a uh, clean sweep of uh, got a midweek win over Belmont and then a clean sweep of Mississippi State. Uh, Oregon State went one and two on the week, uh, did uh, did drop, uh, did drop two games, uh, ultimately the series to UCLA, but came back uh to win uh win the final game and uh, and salvage a win out of it uh virginia tech went 4-0 on the week including a sweep over duke stanford mm-hmm. went 4-0 on the week uh our own texas mm-hmm. tech went red raiders went a uh went a decent one and two over a red yeah. hot oklahoma sooners team right now yeah. that is i i i mean i love we'll talk more about the sooners but i really like that team that's that's a team that mm-hmm. they may squeak in as one of the uh as one of the um uh you know it's one of like the last hosting spots or they'll have to go on the road as the two seeds somewhere. But I really like I really like those Sooners' chances to uh oh, yeah. it's Omaha. They're looking like very much like a sleeper team this year. Oh yeah
1: they've made a really good late surge.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh the Texas AM Aggies they come in at number six for the past week they went one and two uh on the week. They uh uh fortunately uh dropped these series to uh to the Ole Miss Rebels um, but uh you know, it was still a good one. Actually, I wanna make sure I've got that correct. Did the sorry, <laughs> sorry, folks, you're gonna get a little bit of improvising here. I want to make sure I got that right because that was a close series. I can't remember exactly how I tried. Okay, yeah, they did drop the series ultimately to Ole Miss there. Yes. I thought I had type of, for it there. Uh so yeah, one two on the road, I mm-hmm. will miss. Um this week, you know, you can't follow Ole Miss. You'll talk about them in a bit, but they absolutely finished out this year red hot when just a matter of a few weeks ago we thought their season was dead in the water. Um yeah. Arkansas, the Razorbacks, number seven uh, over the past week. They went one and two. Unfortunately, have dropped two straight SEC uh, series in a row playing at Vanderbilt this past weekend. Oklahoma State, uh, after a uh, sweep by our Red Raiders uh, the previous weekend in Stillwater, went on the road to Waco to close out the season and got the two-to-one, two-and-one series Win over the Baylor Bears. Uh, Miami split uh, split their week uh, two and two. They dropped a midweek game to um, uh, dropped the midweek game to I believe it was Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, however, came back and uh, got the series win over Notre Dame down in Coral Gables. Louisville went three and one on on the week. Gonzaga two and two. Virginia one and two. Texas State three and zero secured mm-hmm. the Sun Belt Conference regular season championships. What a run that team made! Uh, that team's going to be in. Uh, that team's going to be in. Um, uh, going to be in contention, possibly for slipping into a hosting spot. Uh, if not, they're a dangerous two seed. And I'm I'm not sure if I quite feel confident about them all the way going to Omaha like I would a team like Oklahoma. But to be a team that you know could end up going to super regionals uh, and be like probably like the best ever finish for that program, I think that's a very real chance for that Texas State program. Notre Dame, they just kind of continue to sit quietly right there, two and two. Uh, They're clucking in at number fourteen in the country.
1: Um, Should you? You're you're double checking their actual ranking.
0: Yes, number third. Yeah, Notre Dame was number fourteen in the country. That is correct. Yes. (laughs) Um, Maryland uh, had a three and zero sweep of the past week they are uh, they are the big 10 regular season champs uh, they've got a very good national hosting seed uh chance there. most likely gonna be some good baseball being played up in college park uh here in a little over a week connecticut went one and three on the week the past week unfortunately lost a series to georgetown uh southern miss three and zero sweep on past week um they're going They're looking like they have moved back into a good position, possibly for a uh, for a national seed for hosting for regionals. UC Santa Barbara. They went three and one on the past week. Uh, they have one more Raider season series to go at Cal State Bakersfield. Auburn splits the past week two and two, including a series loss uh, at Kentucky. Uh, Florida State experienced a clean 0-4 sweep on the past week, including a uh, including the series loss at North Carolina. Uh, that really helped out North Carolina to be able to probably lock them into uh, regionals at this point. They've had a really strong end to the season. Vanderbilt went 1-3 on the past week, 21 in the country. Texas Longhorns 4-0 over the past week, including a sweep of the Kansas Jayhawks uh, there to finish 14-10 on the conference in the regular season. UCLA 2-2 sweep. Uh, They're including that series win over Oregon State, TCU 3-0 sweep of Santa Clara. Uh, They had already finished up their Big 12 play, so they were just finishing out a non-conference series to end the season. And Grand Canyon finished out the past week 3-0 at number 25 in the country. Um, So, yeah, let's look at... Man, these these standings compared to what it was in the yeah. preseason here. Some, uh, so yeah, man, the the Texas Longhorns. About a month yeah. and a half ago, we were ready. I feel like to we were preparing to engrave those guys like <laughs> names already in the trophy, uh, basically yeah. in, in Omaha there. And uh, but. You know, uh, baseball has its way as a game, yes. and uh, it was not to be with that. They had their ups and their downs, um, uh-huh. but I think that's a team, uh, you know, they're probably going to – Texas is borderline for for hosting um, or having to go on the road as a two-seed. But if they yeah. can get – you know, if they can get guys like Pete Hansen and Tristan Stevens back kind of like squared in and zeroed in, uh, someone like Aaron Nixon can shore things up on Sundays – uh, and this is this is one of these teams. Kind of like you know, you see with a couple of other teams in the Big Twelve that sometimes pitching and situational hitting can be a uh, can be an adventure for this team. But if they shore those things up, they, they're going to go on the road somewhere as a regional. Uh, someone else's regional. I think they're going to be a dangerous team, and there's a potentially very interesting matchup <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that the Longhorns will be associated with here. That, you know, we'll get to that soon. Um, number two team in the preseason uh, was Arkansas. You know, Arkansas, like just Arkansas was there. They they had team. They had times during the season where they were playing, uh, you know, both really well offensively, defensively, and pitching. Other times when mm-hmm. they were just kind of not putting everything together, um, they just weren't. I think you know as explosive, yeah. maybe as we had expected this Arkansas team uh, to be with the talent that they have this year. Uh, but they were uh, they were number two originally going into the season. Uh, Vanderbilt. Yeah. uh they number three slotted in <laughs> the season they were uh they uh, you know once again they, they've kind of had their ups and the down and their mm-hmm. downs um i feel like the sec you know they they've showed out more strength in the last two or three weeks now to where i feel i don't think you know, this is as dangerous of an sec as previous years um mm. from top to bottom where you think like oh you know it's a it's, a, it's just going to be the college world series presented by the sec because all those teams like most of those teams be going to be there i don't i don't think that's the the case this year but i think they've shown that conference has shown a lot more strength um and some of some good players um there so you know you know not a uh baseball has its uh has its ways like we said um tim mm-hmm. corbin continues to do a really good job for the for the commodores there uh and you know they'll uh they're Back into the postseason again this year, but man, Mississippi State—they started yeah. their season at, uh, <laughs> at number four in the country, defending champs. Yeah, defending champs, number four in the country. Um, there, there was big time expectations for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, you know, they—I forget the name of the pitcher that they lost um, earlier in the season. Yeah. There, really uh, oh, look yeah it lost a lost a really good starring pitcher um there for that team and ultimately finished off the year with a losing record uh it finished with the with the s e c they take the top twelve out of the fourteen teams to the uh to the SEC tournament in Hoover, and they were one of the bottom two teams in the conference. So they outright <laughs> missed the cutoff to uh, to get to Hoover. So wow. the uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs season uh, is over. Um, <laughs> Basically. No, yeah, I mean it is. There's, <laughs> they're not even playing any more baseball anymore at this point. Uh, so tragic. Man. So tragic. Ole Miss. Ole Miss is not ranked, uh, <laughs> but uh, at this now. But they came on strong at the end of the year. They're finishing off the regular season at 14 and 16. You know, they're uh, they're probably in the uh, the tournament at this point, no matter how, on based on the RPI, the strength of schedule that they played and everything, really just as strong of an end to the regular season and some of these big-time series wins that they've had. Ole Miss uh, has probably locked itself uh, into the tournament there with that 14 and 16 um, record in conference play. Um, yeah, boom. Yeah, you you've talked about these guys all year. I wonder if you've caught kind of any of Ole Miss here, kind of as the uh, the back end of the year and like what you're seeing out of them.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, I just don't think that they had the stamina of of Tennessee, and it's just you you looked at Ole Miss and it was just a slow but steady climb out of the out of the top twenty five. Whereas teams like Tennessee, they were more resilient, and it's just. Uh, that's just what happens. It, it just takes a couple of bad outings. Uh, you know, I, I, I think they have good talents overall. I mean, they were, it was, they were worth uh, their, their high initial ranking, but uh, again, it's just late bloomers. Their pitching just wasn't as stout as the teams that have weathered the storm, so to speak, but it, but, but, but it has been good to see them kind of really dialing in and, uh, try to make it up, try to make a comeback at our greatness.
0: Yes, absolutely. Stanford Cardinal. They, uh, they came in at number yes. six on the season and Stanford <laughs> has never really played bad baseball. I feel like no. and it kind of to this point, I feel like there were some pitching woes kind of yeah. earlier in the year for him. Um, and then they just kind of like, they got like things kind of course corrected themselves there. David S. Curry and his staff, um, Doing the great job that he does, um, but uh, but then you know just kind of got into the Pac-12 schedule. It's a pretty tough Pac-12 this year. I don't, I wouldn't put it on the level of like you know an SEC, a Big Twelve, or an ACC, but still you know just a good competitive Pac-12 schedule. West Coast baseball, the great players that are part of that conference, and kind of having to go through that um, there. And you know, they're they're more battle tested now. They've mm-hmm. uh, they've picked up some uh, some really good wins to uh
1: to end out the year. Um, yep. um I mean they're they're they were my pick to win the whole thing, and I'm definitely feeling a lot better about yeah, they're pick. up to number
0: four in the country right now. And <laughs> I they know. Uh, yeah. And
1: they, uh, they were projected at number six to start the year. So uh yeah, <laughs> you, know, it, if, gone you know ultimately well. There there was a long time where I was just kind of feeling like, oh crap, here we go. But you look at it. I mean, they, there's, they're, they're pitching. I mean, they get, they've got 1.67, 2.58, and a 3.12 ERAs respectively. That's a one heck of a one-two-three punch. And then it's just they got high strikeout rates. They got guys at their in their lineup. They got good batting averages. I don't know. I was, I was drinking the Kool Aid, the West Coast Kool Aid. But I mean, it's a preseason prediction. I'm sticking with it. So I'm definitely happy about that. Yeah, I like it. And
0: uh, in the next Oklahoma State, they started out number seven in the year. Uh, Oklahoma State now at uh, number eight in the country. You know they've just yeah. they've been right there. They weathered <laughs> once again the very tough Big Twelve schedule. Uh, but yeah, you've got you've got their ace Justin Campbell, who has been light lights out through the year. I mean, I you know it was like watching. I mean, Justin Campbell for them has been like Brandon Birdsell for yeah. for texas tech this year just in terms of like two guys you know that came in for to the beginning of the season and they established themselves as big mm-hmm. time talent and like starting pitching and major league baseball type yeah. talent. uh so it's, he's really helped anchor their pitching uh as their ace you know they've got guys like griffin dorshing uh they trinkle uh a lot of other good dudes there at the plates like they can they they can bat for power there. I, I still have that Dorschbaum in my head from uh, <laughs> from last week bomb, where he hit yeah. it hit it 513 yards out of the park, like hit it over the left field suites. They're <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, uh, at uh, at O'Braid Stadium in Stillwater. Yeah. Um, that's you know that's the thing team has also had to weather yeah they've had to weather the ups and downs of the the big 12 this year just the the tough schedule the gauntlet that they've gone through i think they have like a top 30 toughest schedule in the entire country um something like that so oklahoma state has been tested and tried uh I, this is definitely one of the better if not josh holiday's most talented team since he's been in Stillwater. so i um yeah, it looks like Oklahoma State probably has uh has a chance of slipping into one of those 13 through 16 regional spots. i probably put them in a much greater confidence level compared to a team like Tech or, or Oklahoma for that. Um and uh and as I mean, it's gonna be a rocket tie. Like that, like a mm-hmm. full-on regionals environment there at that stadium, that beautiful new stadium that they have there. Like it's Stillwater's gonna be a zoo for uh oh, for yeah. a regional there. So I think. I would say they've got a they've got a good shot of getting out of that regional, um, and then uh, then going on to super regionals whether they host or not, um, and uh, and still being a, a, a an Omaha team this year. So uh, I like what uh, what the Pokes are bringing to the table. You know they've uh, they had a good season. LSU, the Tigers, they <laughs> they came into the year at number eight in the country. Wow. And they are not even actually yeah they're not even ranked at this point right? yeah. Uh, they, I forget that they slipped out over the past week, but yeah, just that the Tigers had a lot of power, a uh, lot of power, uh, <laughs> a lot of power at the plate. Um, but, you know, pitching was certainly, um, uh, it was certainly an adventure for this team this year. Yes. Uh, you know, Blake money was on point. At, money. Uh, uh, was uh, Blake money was literal money at one point, but then he became like Blake in- inflation because his pitching became yes. worthless. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, you're you're hope that Blake Money becomes more Blake Money again uh, yes. heading in there. You know they can they can keep those bats hot um, and uh, and you know maybe see some pitching kind of emerge and the the bullpen be able to step up uh, for this program uh, as they head into regionals. Um, so I think they're uh, you know they they lost that uh, you know they, they weren't ranked this past week. You know they went into uh, they went into Vanderbilt that hostile environment there. They got that series win. So that's mm-hmm. really good for them. Probably can move back into the top 25 heading into this week. That win has probably helped them be able to slip into one of the last few hosting spots for regionals as well. Uh, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a fun, raucous time in, uh, in Baton Rouge, no matter what teams that they're hosting there. So I, yeah. I would, uh, I'd, give, I'd give LSU a good chance to, uh, to be able to get out of regional.
1: Yeah, despite being not being in the top twenty-five, they are the four seed in the in the conference tournament, and it's just they they just had a really good conference record overall. Not as many wins as a team like Tennessee or the other you know upper echelons SCC teams, but uh, I just think that offensive firepower it has been there with them the whole time, and that's just that's just what that's what's been carrying them this time. It's not not necessarily the pitching; it's just their offense is so stacked absolutely yeah there's uh there
0: they can uh, they can swing those bats they can make uh, they can make contact and they can they can truly swing for the fences there and they do it quite oh, yeah. well down ban rouge uh the number 9 team coming into the year was the florida gators mm-hmm. uh you know the, the gators remain unranked at this point uh, now in the season, but they've uh, you know they've had good into the season. They played themselves uh, into regional, Certainly not dominant by any stretch here. But the SEC East was a, was a gauntlet this year. I mean, yeah, you had Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Georgia. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, who else? Uh, South Carolina in there. Uh, just you still had tough teams you had to go through there, and then the teams oh, that no. they play in the West as well too. So uh, it just you just didn't see the pitching emerge that you needed to out of that program, um, for them to really be a, a contender in their division, um, and then be a consistent team that could be ranked week after week. Uh, but you know, Florida, Florida is probably one of those more teams that's going to be a more dangerous two or three seed going on the road this year that you're not going to want to see, um, in your regional. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a disappointment, not, not being ranked for those guys, but still, a still a good season. um, NC State, man, this team was hot and cold. Uh, like at times of the year. Uh, you know, it looked like we were uh we, we had the, we were on Tommy watch, uh thinking, <laughs> hey, you know, is he gonna break Torkelson's record here? Is he yeah. just gonna keep is he gonna like is he going to? live out the uh, the no doubter way and truly bat four hundred and swing for the fences on everything? Yeah. Uh, you know his game cooled off. The uh, the rest of the team, you know, had their ups and their downs this year. Uh, they are uh, they did get uh, they, they did unfortunately lose a series to uh, to Wake Forest this past weekend, which pushed Wake Forest most likely into uh, into the field uh, in terms of that bubble area. Um, and then, unfortunately, bumped NC State a little bit further down into the bubble. NC State is sitting at 14-16 on the year. So, um, I don't know if you have the ACC bracket pulled up there and who they'll be playing um, to begin the beginning. You know, they've got that interesting pooling system that they do um, for it that we'll talk more about. Uh, we'll talk more about it. But I think you know, you'd know you want to see NC State maybe get just one or two more wins uh, in Charlotte for that uh, for that tournament to um uh, to solidify things there, but you know, if they if they lose a game, it's it, it may may truly put them score on the bubble. But I think they're still on the right side of things there. I think you know, NC State does; just... they are a team that going can have a little bit more kind of that benefit of the doubt in that regard. And NC State has played good teams this year, so um, yeah, I uh, yeah, just you know, it, it happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. You just don't they live were, up to expectations sometimes.
1: Yeah, they were a Cinderella team last year, and everyone was rooting for them this year it really last year truly was the best chance they had to win because this year it's just at least so far it's uh, you know it's not looking too good they have fallen from grace but you never know when it comes to these regionals and super regionals uh, I mean the route of 64 uh, if you're in it you still technically have a
0: chance <laughs> absolutely that's the beauty of it uh Florida State Florida State came into the year uh, number 11. Florida state finishes off the season, uh, here to, as of the past week at number 20, uh, you know, they did talk about earlier and unfortunately did get swept on the past week. If Florida state played in a tough ACC this year, they're, uh, you know, you saw great performances in their pitching out of guys like Parker Messick, but it was as we get, we had talked about the previous times this year that just, that this is a very different year compared to what florida state has traditionally been this was a great pitching florida state team this year but one just say like the offense was has not been potent whatsoever they just don't they the the bats have gone cold a lot of times uh Mm -hmm. this year down tallahassee um so it is i think it's a great thing like College baseball truly is built on strong pitching, so that can take you really far. Um, but uh, Way Florida State has looked as of recent; they've fallen out of hosting position, probably at this point now, uh, yeah. barring some success in the ACC tournament. Um, so, and if they're going on the road, I just don't have a ton of faith um, <laughs> in this group. I just i I think there's better teams across the country that they're they're likely to square up with. And uh, you know, great great for getting back to regionals again uh, this year, but, uh, just not quite the horses that you're going to need to be able to make a deep run in, in the tournament. Yeah. East Carolina, man, East Carolina came in number 12 in the year. Uh, they just absolutely had a disastrous start for like the first month or so. Uh, in recent weeks, they've truly, uh, truly turned it up, uh, Mm -hmm. probably played themselves, uh, into the field at this point. Uh, uh, East Carolina's a team, that's gonna go on the road. Uh somebody's regional and you're not gonna want to see them. Um basically.
1: Yeah, the I know. Yeah, I mean, we we both picked him to go to Omaha. And uh maybe they're maybe this is gonna be our Mulligan pick. East Carolina going to Omaha. I mean, it's just everybody else. We 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 just I don't know. That Carolina Kool-Aid, we were just drinking it too hard maybe but hey it ain't over till it's over
0: yeah absolutely um <laughs> number 13 in the country the notre dame fighting irish and the fighting irish right now are number 14 in the country so they're right there uh yeah there. the irish is like they've quietly been there i I, know. I don't know what to think of them i have not followed this team a ton this year yeah. uh or uh, notre dame is i think just they you know you, you good on them for, for battling through what, what they have to deal with just there. You, you just, you're dealing with obviously high, high standards of, uh, high academic standards there in terms of what you, uh, what you can get for recruiting players. Um, and then just the challenges of being in a very Northern, Northern environment like that in South Bend, Indiana, where it's definitely an adventure over the, uh, the first couple months of the season, uh, playing baseball um up there but uh you know link Jarrett's squad has been uh has, has been there just all year um i wish i had more in-depth analysis and kind of what <laughs> i've seen out of them i just i'm sorry any of notre dame fans that li- that are listening they'll listen to our show or pick up on this podcast i don't have a lot to talk about with your team here Uh i will pay intent i will pay attention yes. to them uh, as much as i can here in the acc tournaments and going into regionals try and provide you more updates so as long as they're they're still playing in the postseason I just yes. don't have a lot that I can talk about right now. <laughs> better, better late than never. <laughs> better late than never. <clears throat> and then our Texas Tech Red Raiders. Yes. yes, they started the year at number fourteen in the country, and as of the past week, they were up to number five in the country. Yes. And you know, I, you know, what what the D one guys, uh, I think that Kendall Rogers specifically was talking about, um, talking about this team is that, like, yeah, the in previous years tech has been like just a luck, seems like always for being like a top 10 or top five team, yes. uh, going into the season. Uh, but this year was just in terms of the sheer amount of talent, like upperclassmen level talent that, uh, that graduated or moved on to, uh, to, to the pros. And, uh, um, and just with the, the amount of young guys in and kind of some of the holes that had to be filled in the transfer portal, maybe not with the most elite talent, it's like, hey, there were some certainly some more questions for our Red Raiders heading yes. into the year than there were answers, um, and it was kind of a story. Uh, there was kind of a story of multiple parts for this team throughout the year. So uh, the first month, a month and a half of the season. Uh, and we saw a lot of small ball, uh, a yeah. lot of really, you know, pitching and defense locking things down for this team. Uh, not the best competition. The competition level increases, and you saw really kind of the bats heat up. You had a lot more of a supporting cast around guys, say like Jace Young and Easton Morrell, um, and, and those guys, where they it wasn't just like two or three guys completely carrying everything uh, like it was more in the year. But then you saw a lot of just – really sloppy situational play as well. If they weren't playing like that, That they looked very one dimensional, uh, the Friday, uh, the Saturday and you know, it was a Sunday pitching that just was not, was not shored up for the longest time. Things look like they hit rock bottom when they got swept at TCU, uh, <laughs> a little <laughs> over a month ago. Uh, yeah. we were starting to look at, especially at that point with RPI and the strength of schedule and everything like, Hey, we gotta, we got really start looking at a, a strong finish to the year here, or, uh, this team could be in trouble. Uh, in terms of even going uh, to the postseason, but those issues were taken care of, especially in the yes. last couple of weeks. Uh, I didn't even realize that Chase Hampton uh, was dealing with the was dealing with like an illness that he had earlier in the year. Because wow. uh, Chase Hampton was money. Like I got to see him. I got to see him in person out at a out at DBU when they had a midweek game yeah. against them back in back in March. He looked great then. Yeah, apparently he was ill for a little bit of time. Uh, just kind of like really like uh, wrecked him physically. Uh, there mentally a bit and just kind of took some time for him to get back. But the last two, uh, the last two outings that he's had last Sunday versus Oklahoma State And then this past Sunday versus uh, this past yesterday, Saturday against, uh, against Oklahoma. Um, Chase Hampton has just had great control. Uh, nice, uh, nice arsenal of pitches that he's using. He has confidence. He has swagger out there. He, uh, he looks like a guy that that is ready to lead, tech into the postseason Uh, i think you're seeing uh i think you're seeing you know some bullpen pieces starting to come together Mm -hmm. and develop more confidence and to be there to you know you still might have to use quite a few pieces in the bullpen but are like great for for sort of situational situations you know you can get your lefties and your righties out there uh depending on the who they're facing they can take care of that you can work with those guys um exchange guys in and out um and I like more of the depth that's forming at that point right now. Uh, I like our Red Raiders to, yeah. you know, whether they sweep in to host or um or to get uh, or you know have to go on the road as a two seed. I like their chances, and I'm beginning to believe more and more in them mm-hmm. as an as an Omaha dark horse. Now, you know, I I've yeah. talked about it a, a couple of times now. I've talked about this in talking tech guys that I've seen. I I kind of capped. I capped this team out at super regionals. as like their potential. I thought, you know, hey, it's still a really talented team, but just not quite the horses, you know, uh, of a team (laughs) that we've had in previous years. And then my expectations went up quite a bit with that Oklahoma... (laughs) Sorry, I heard something like thud or explode. That was really weird. Um,
1: (laughs) Oh, wow, man. (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh to editor, you can cut that out. Um anyways. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. I uh and so I really drink the Kool-Aid after <laughs> Drink the Kool-Aid after the Oklahoma State sweep. Um, and then uh but then you know, kind of was brought down back to earth a little bit here, uh, you know, with Oklahoma them and they have taking the series win in Lubbock. But here's the thing, I think the Oklahoma team is very, very good. I like this team I just like this team to be able to grind it out mm-hmm. uh, I think this team that has an advantage in regionals I like the chances of them having a chance to be able to grind it out in supers
1: and go to Omaha so yeah yeah I mean I picked them to go to Omaha at the beginning and really I admit that was more so of a homer pick on my part uh, but after having watched them which because I have watched them quite a bit. It wouldn't surprise me if they if they didn't make it. Uh, so yeah, I think you're uh, doing a more pragmatic pick there, Travis. You know, it's just they just the, the the team the Tennessees of the world they are on another level. However, Tim Tadlock he is the reason why they're in the top five. He's the reason why they have proved all the all the haters wrong. If anybody can do it, it's under his leadership. And this team can beat any other team on any given day of the week, even the tendencies of the world. Uh, it's because Tim Tadlock knows how to work with what he's got. And yeah. it, this season proved it. When you had all the people leave, and he has a uh, less stacked deck, so to speak, he's still able to flex. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I just, like I said... I just I, I don't want to get my hopes up. But I mean I, I I don't know. I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy it and just hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, I like it. No, I,
0: I I feel like this, man, this this season just reinforced that Tim Tadlock Yeah, is like is very much a top five coach in all no. of college baseball. Oh, top yeah. ten or top five coach. He oh, just yeah. runs circles around other coaches. Like, he, he makes other teams look silly year after year. <laughs> uh, like, when, when he's got elite talent, like, that elite talent shines. When he has talent that, you know, he's having to more kind of, like, coach up and develop, uh, he brings the best out of those guys. Um yeah, there, there will be a Tim Tadlock statue someday uh on the Texas yes. Tech campus because that man is a legend in the making. He will mm-hmm. he will retire as the all time winningest baseball uh coach for Texas Tech. And he'll you know, Larry Hayes Absolutely. set that record uh, you know, during all those years that he was coaching there, all those original um uh regional appearances that he got the uh the Texas Tech baseball program into. Uh but Tim Tadlock is going to retire a legend for sure in uh at Texas Tech and college baseball. Absolutely. And then moving on, the uh, next the Arizona Wildcats came in at number fifteen <laughs> in the year. Uh, they 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 finish out the season unranked. Uh, you know yeah. they're probably going <laughs> to go on the road as a three seed um, regionals at this point. Uh, just Yeah, never a lot of offensive firepower with this team, but it wasn't always consistent. in the pitching, just certainly, I think, just did not come together all the way around uh, uh, for this team this year. Yeah, I. I kind of fell off of uh, off of following the the Wildcats after yeah. they fell off the top twenty five a while back. Um, I don't really know. I, I don't have high expectations for the Wildcats this year. I think that's uh, I don't I don't see them as being a team that goes into someone else's regional and is, and is scary uh, there. I think you know good 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 year under uh, under first year coach Chip Hale to um to, to get back to regionals, but uh, um yeah, I just don't have. Huge expectations beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia, the Bulldogs started the year at number 16 in the country. Uh, they will probably go to regionals getting in as like a two or three seed in somebody's uh ace regional, but uh, you know, they just finished squarely middle of the road in the SEC this year. Um, I think it's the I think it's Jonathan Swanson, their ace that they had was injured at points of the time. Uh, during the season, uh, pitching wasn't exactly always great beyond him. There's not a lot of consistency with this team. Yeah, you play in tough SEC schedule, uh, but this team, I think, certainly underachieved um, compared to maybe what his expectations were going into the year. Uh, TCU, Horned Frogs started out the year at number 17 in the country. So the past week, they were number 24 in the country, but uh, you know they win the regular season. First year, head coach Kirk sarlus uh at the helm there for those guys. Um, you know, you you win your conference, you go 16 and 8 in conference play. Uh you're, you're doing it just with like you're wanting to see, hey, how does this team ultimately react with a new guy at the helm? Like you know, a guy who was assistant for many years under Jim Schlossnagle, uh basically assumed to be the head coach in waiting. He gets the uh he gets the gig and you wonder, hey, like is he going to rise to the occasion? Are these guys going to rally around him? Is the talent going to develop? Are they going to show to be competitive? All those boxes are pretty much checked off. This is looking like a slam dunk hire for uh, for for the TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, as a Texas tech fan, I have to say, even so Kirk Sarlos is probably like big 12 coach of the year, uh, material, Pro- if, probably. Not, if not, even being in the running is like national coach of the year. I mean, Tony Vitello might get that. I mean, he's probably from Tennessee. He's probably going to get that, oh, but yeah. Sarlos has to be, you just have to give him the props for what he's done with Tennessee Seriously, for his first yeah. year and, uh, getting those guys, to, back to winning the conference again.
1: Yep, number one seed, still in the top 25. They have just, they've had, they, they've had a really overachieving season. Absolutely. And then the
0: Oregon State Beavers, at number 18 in the country. Beavers now, obviously sitting all the way up at number two in the country right now. Uh, this is a team to get yeah, the, or maybe more modest expectations, but. They've just kind of risen to the top uh, in terms of their talent and how they've been playing and everything. Offense their there, pitching is there. Maybe they have some some very minor holes kind of here and there. That you know, if you really want to nitpick on them, they're there. Uh, but that Oregon State team looks like I would pencil them in as I believe I penciled them in as one of my uh, my OHA picks going into the year. I would do this, still do the same with them um, at this point. Uh, now I really like the Oregon State team. I think they're going to be, I, I just have the utmost confidence, and I will eat crow if I'm wrong. By the <laughs> utmost confidence, you know they're about to be a national seed. They're just going to steamroll all the way to Omaha. It's uh, <laughs> oh. that is a uh, that you will you will not go into Corvallis, Oregon, and have a fun time this summer. <laughs> <laughs> Man, bowl bowl prediction for Mr. Travis Laughlin, and then. The Tennessee Volunteers—they started the year at number 19 in the country, wow. but, uh, <laughs> but they are—but uh, man, they're way better than that, folks. They oh. are uh, oh, Tennessee yeah. Volunteers now. You know, Tennessee last year was 50 and 18 on the year. Yeah. Tennessee now—I can pull up their uh, their record where they're at this year. They are 49 and seven <laughs> on the year. That is, yeah. they went twenty-five and five in the SEC. The SEC, folks, that's yeah. uh, that's not a cakewalk. That's uh, <laughs> that's a uh, that's tough to do. Um, they yeah, certainly tennis- deserve it. Man, yeah. Tennessee replaced a lot of talent last uh, from last year, uh, and I was responsible for that College World Series run. But they've brought in these new guys, and and guys are stepping up to, to fill those spots. And this team, they've never peaked at any point in the year. Like we never looked at anything like, like, "Hey, they peaked too early." Like they're still playing (laughs) their best baseball. Um, And I have confidence that they will. They're going to go back to Omaha again. I say, hey, it's it's not going to be a fun time in Knoxville for opposing teams uh, (laughs) this year. I think uh, I think once again I'm putting them in as an Omaha team. UC see, Irvine, man, what a what a disappointing year for the Anteaters. Started out number twenty, um, yeah, not even. Uh, they're they uh, they're not <laughs> going to be going to regionals uh, this year. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe I, I can't remember if the West Coast Conference has a uh, has a conference tournament or not, but they're at, um, actually the Big West Conference, which is where they're at. But oh yeah, they I don't believe they do because they play one final regular season series, so. Yeah, UC Irvine, thirty-one and twenty-two on the year, went fifteen and twelve in the Big West, uh, RPI eighty-one, uh, strength of schedule ninety-three. Yeah, that's not going to do it. It's uh, yeah, pretty much it's game over for, for UC Irvine. Uh, yep. Play with pride. Finish out the. Uh, you're going to go uh, uh, cross-town to your uh, Orange County rival, Cal State Fullerton, the Titans. Uh, play them hard. Get that win. Get that. Uh, get that series win. Get that sweep of the fall possible. Uh, start to uh, you know honor your guys that, that are seniors that are going to be moving on start looking ahead to uh to, you know the guys you're going to be back on the team next year you're recruiting all that uh but just things obviously just did not pan out for uh, for uc irvine this year um in terms of anything that could uh could get them to omaha georgia tech uh man georgia tech started the year at 31 uh, they started the year yeah 21 in the country um, and they're, uh, they, they've had push here later in the year, got a couple of strong series wins to get, uh, get them solidified in the regionals, uh, prize a two or a three seed, but they, uh, they, even just like a few weeks ago, we were looking starting to look at Georgia tech as a bubble team. And, um, you know, they've extended longtime coach Danny hall again, I believe for another five or six seasons, um, with this program. Uh, but it's just—it's interesting that they have decided to do that, and they continue to believe in him. But uh, Georgia Tech, kind of their their biggest Achilles' heel historically for this program is high-powered offense, not a lot of pitching to back it up, um, and just that—that's not a great combination for for going deep in the regionals and ultimately getting to Omaha. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe they really truly turn things on and get some strong pitching to to match their defense um, here heading into the postseason, and they go on the road somewhere. Um, and uh, and become a, a sleeper team and start to maybe get some excitement. Uh, they get through regionals and we start to look that, at them as maybe having a chance and, in supers to going to Omaha. But uh, just not going to... Just Yeah, once again, I feel like it was kind of an underachieving year here for uh, for the Yellow Jackets. uh have a lot of talent, but just not fully putting it all together. Dallas Baptist, DBU. They came into the season at number 22 in the country. Yeah. Uh, they got one... They point do. At the the one, the highest at one point they were up to was 16 in the country, but uh, they just they were a very up and down team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that more, uh, I think they they had they didn't even you know um, in the Missouri Valley Conference. I don't think they're even um, I don't believe they're even uh, even winning their conference, but they do have a, a very high RPI great strength of schedule everything they're locked into the in the regionals um somewhere on the road um but uh just never nothing that's a team that had a ton of power at the plate um sometimes they were putting together really good at bats other times not so much and it think just never fully materialized um for this team uh in, in all in all phases of the game um but uh yeah, Dan Heavener is still a great coach there for that DBU program. Uh the Patriots, yeah, they'll be they'll be a tough out in regionals. They might not be favored to go in and win somebody else's regional, but you're gonna have to take them down to the wire there. They're gonna play their heart out. Um, and who knows, maybe they might surprise us and uh and get into supers somewhere.
1: So, maybe, uh, yeah. uh
0: Duke. Uh Duke just outright did not have a great yeah. season. They started out number uh started out number 23 in the country. Uh, they are going to finish out their 2022 campaign uh here uh, on the regular season wise 22 and 32 on the year 10 and 20 in the aCC uh, yeah things just did not materialize for that squad long beach state uh, once again another team uh, or another one these west coast uh historically strong mid majors number 24 in the country they started out uh, but their season pretty much at this point is, uh, entirely done. Uh, yeah. Big West conference as well. Uh, like their cross town foe, the UC Irvine Ant eaters, uh, 26 <laughs> and 27 on the year to this point, 14 and 13 in the conference. Uh, they've got one last, uh, one last series that they're going to play at UC Davis. Um, once again, uh, yeah. RPI 112 strength of schedule 71. And eh, nope. Uh, uh, yeah, good. Uh, yeah. Finish it out strong play with pride. Um, pack it up and uh, and try again next year but the Miami Hurricanes a team that I picked as a uh, as, mm. as one of my Omaha eight, Yes. Uh, Sorry, out number 25 in the country. They are all <laughs> the way up to number nine right now. Oh, feeling pretty um, good about
1: that one. <laughs>
0: yes, uh, Carson Palmquist has been an excellent uh, force on the mound yes. for them this year. They have had that. Uh, they've had some offense that, you know, has kind of come together. It's sometimes the offense that comes together uh, that the, uh, the pitching all of a sudden struggles a little bit. Uh, you know, they, they, they jumped out to such a huge lead in the ACC at the beginning. And they kind of had this stretch where they were just kind of a bunch of these one and two weekends where they were dropping series, but they were still out so far ahead. Uh, but and it was just like, Hey, it's kind of looking more fool's gold. Like this team may be picked, peaked a little bit too early. Well, they're coming back in the form now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I like, uh, like the chances here of this Miami team, uh, likely going to be hosting as national seed down in Coral Gables. Um, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough, uh, this Miami team is going to be a tough out. I think they play with a lot of pride. I, I've caught tuned into a few games. They seem to have good body language and team chemistry together. Um, uh, and, uh, I, I think they're a, they're a program that you're going to, I would continue to keep them in my predictions for, uh, for Omaha. So yeah, with that in mind, I need to look at, you know, before our next episode, I'm going to, I'm going to review back, uh, cause I don't have a written down. I'm going to review back one of our early episodes. Uh, where I made my Omaha predictions uh, here just to kind of (laughs) view what they are and compare those all and then see, you know, how the conference tournaments unfold uh, this next week. And then, you know, the the bracket is released. We'll then uh, uh, take a look at how those predictions might uh, might play out again. And then, you know, we'll see as we narrow down from after regionals from 64 teams down to uh down to 16. Uh we'll see again like what uh, what teams remain in contention, what then are uh, the, the new contenders for uh, for Omaha at that point. Uh and it'll be a fun time going through it all for sure.
1: Absolutely. And when Omaha obviously comes, we will see how our eight picks happen, but man, you know, just Comparing the two, it just goes to show you the volatility of college baseball, the parody of it, which was what makes it so much fun. I mean, I just I thought Arkansas was gonna hang tough and obviously I gave we probably all gave Mississippi way more credit. Mississippi State way more credit than it deserved. Uh Texas is Texas and they're underachieving, obviously, because their standards are so high. Tennessee is just that—I mean, they're the story of the year, really, of the regular season so far. I'm proud of Stanford. I'm proud of Texas Tech. Um, Texas State—really impressed with them. They just really came out of nowhere. A lot of these mid-major teams. It, Texas
0: <laughs> State—I I don't know if you—you've heard like the, the D1 guys uh, talk about it or if I kind Of rehash what they've talked about, but you know, Texas State that's a very upperclassman heavy team. A lot yes. of seniors they bring in a lot like much of their recruiting, uh, you know, they, they don't have a recruiting advantage. I mean, Texas is a baseball rich state, but you're just down the street there from UT, uh, and exactly. you know, Te- Texas State you know, it's uh, as a program, it just does not have the resources that other programs do, so they dig in really deeply. Stephen Trout and his staff into uh into recruiting in junior colleges so they've got yeah, a exactly. lot of a lot of really old dudes that are like 23 24 years old that are like been grinding out uh hmm. grinding out their baseball career over time you know so they've got their you get these guys you know they've, they've got their they've had their COVID extensions they've had uh they, they've been playing their <laughs> junior college ball they've been playing a lot of baseball for a long time oh, yeah. so they have come in as a uh they they've they've shown really to be experienced i think just this is a you know with college baseball it's hard to you know comparatively to college uh uh compared to college basketball to get like a saint peter's type of uh, of cinderella story it's hard you know to get like a four seed uh I think, you know, back to last year, uh, New Jersey Institute of technology, I believe went on the road to the, uh, to the Fayetteville regional against Arkansas. And, uh, they, they did not make it out of that regional, but, you know, they were kind of like a Cinderella team going into that regional, The the fan base there for the Razorbacks really celebrated those guys coming in as like a feel good story and, and competing as hard as they did. Uh, but r- rarely, really if ever do those type of teams ultimately, uh, rise through the uh rise through the bracket but uh this is a texas state team i think texas state can be a cinderella type program for sure i mean they're still ranked right there but they're not that just a lot of fans and the most diehards with college baseball aren't going to be super familiar with them in terms of like you know having seen them in like big marquee matchups uh, you just don't get those in the Sun Belt. You've got to grind it out. Oh, uh, yeah. But um, Texas State, yeah. Like I said, really good opportunity for them to host. You can be an experienced team. going uh, can be a hungry team. Whether they host, or they have to go on the road, they, they're playing great baseball all around. You're not going to once to face them.
1: Yep, uh, they've they've really proved themselves, and just having all those JUCO guys, it's like, hey, you're overachieving at the supposedly inferior level. I don't. How about you want to play for a D1 school? And that's just it's it, it's too much to pass up for, for Texas State. Yeah, uh, man.
0: I get. I've been. Man, you have to think too. Like that's like for those <laughs> guys. Yeah. Once again, they're just trying. You got these guys that are grinding out a college baseball career, trying to uh to make it work. If you're a junior, co- junior college guy, and, and Texas State gets in touch with you and says, "Hey, we want you to come play college baseball for us," I mean, that's that's like the equivalent of getting called up to the majors. Like that's, uh, yeah. yeah, in the in the college baseball world. I mean, that's just for those guys have gone to this point. It's just it's a great story. You you have to it really, you know, we we got here in the state of Texas, we uh, we we make Texas State can be the butt of a lot of jokes, um, but the Bobcats. <laughs> They have had an incredible baseball season this year. Props to them. Yep, um, I I'll be cheering them on in the postseason for sure. Oh,
1: for sure. Horns down, heard around the world. Yeah, one, one, mo- one of the most throw your epic ace moments. on
0: the throw your ace on the mound for a midweek game to get the win <laughs> to bolster that RPI to take oh, down man. that uh, to take down the team that's like a thirty-minute drive away from you. That's uh, <laughs> that was that one of was, the best
1: moments of the season by far. Absolutely. Um, it was epic man but yeah Maryland got to hand it to them they were in they were out but then they stood strong they are the Shire, and you know it's it's good to have one team uh, stand out amongst the bunch there um but no yeah Vanderbilt I think they're too deep. I think they're they're. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, they didn't get the wins, but I think they're a team that, despite being lowly ranked, sort of sp- comparatively, I just think they have too much deep depth. I, I can never count them out just because they just have too good of a program. Uh, but yeah, it's very very interesting. Do you have any kind of uh, overall observations on the final twenty five? Yeah. So.
0: I feel like I've I I feel like actually no I, I've truly I've kind of ran through everything. Okay. Uh, I I would just say from the Big Twelve here I yeah. don't have a ton of confidence in Texas uh, in our uh, Longhorns. I'm not just saying yeah. that gearing you know, into the throw shade at the at the Longhorns be, being a, <laughs> being a Red Raider, but truly I just objectively I look at them. There's just they they really even had to battle it out versus Kansas this past weekend. Um, there uh, and it's it just seems like this team that team is very streaky they're very yeah. uh, they they have trouble putting all the pieces together and there's a lot of talent from top to bottom and you've, they've also faced some injuries uh this year as well but uh yeah pitching has been kind of a big woe for them um i uh yeah i don't know fully how to feel about them but just right now um i think compared to Man, compared to like a West Virginia or an Oklahoma, uh, that would be would be going on the road, honestly, out of the Big Twelve. I just don't. I don't have a ton of confidence. Yeah. In
1: yeah, but I mean, the Hispanic Titanic. I mean, that guy living out the no doubter way, batting four twenty one and hitting <laughs> twenty eight bombs. Uh, ah, he can be our no doubter player of the year for all I care. I'd have to check a few others, but I'm pretty confident in assuming he probably going to be it because man, he's there. I would department. love to see, I would love to see
0: like a head to head uh home run derby challenge between him and Griffin Dorshing from uh from oh, Oklahoma State. That would yes. be, yeah, uh, those dudes are just jacked muscle hamsters that are like, <laughs> as, like tower over everybody else yes. and it would be uh it, it would that be a fun time maybe maybe bring back uh bring back uh the former tc horn frog luke and baker himself and uh they're a bit there just the honorary participants and do a three-way challenge between those guys do that it. would be fun um but yeah i think we there's also a few uh automatic bids to this point uh teams mm-hmm. that have already punched their tickets into uh into regionals here um, so, the Big West, uh, uh, as we talked about, UC Santa Barbara, uh, Big West Conference, uh, the Big West does not have a commerce tournament. So, uh, that means that the uh, the team who wins the regular season punches their ticket into, mm-hmm. uh, into regionals automatically. Yeah. And that team this year is UC Santa Barbara, the Gauchos. This will be their 14th. Yeah, tournament gambling Gaucho. <laughs> <laughs> Great podcast, by the way. You should listen to those guys. If, uh, Do it. Yes. Uh, um, but yeah, the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. This is their 14th tournament appearance in program history. Nice. Uh, one of these historically strong West Coast college baseball programs. They have one Omaha appearance uh, in their program history. That was back in uh, in 2016. Mm-hmm. Andrew Chakits, their head coach, has done a great job. Uh, great yes. job for him. Um, from the Mid-Eastern Athletic mm-hmm. Conference, Coppin State has punched their ticket into regionals somewhere in the bracket. This is their second ever conference championship. Their first since 1995 and their first ever NCAA tournament (laughs) appearance uh, outright Uh, Coppin state, a a, a, a historically black university and HBCU out of the Baltimore, Maryland area. Uh, Really good to see those guys have that success um, there. Congrats to all of y'all on that program. Hope y'all have a blast going and playing in there. Maybe odds in your favor, and hey, maybe yes. you'll be a Cinderella this year. Uh, you never know. You get to uh, get to the field of 64. Anything can happen. And then the uh, the third uh, the third lock in for the tournament that we have, as of this point right now, ticket team has punched their ticket uh, here is Columbia. Out of the Ivy League. Yes. So, uh, this will be the seventh NCAA tournament appearance for the Lions in program history. Their last appearance was back in 2018. Uh, there are, uh, you know, actually, before we talk about the bubble teams, let's just pull open this here, courtesy of D1 Baseball. I'll pull it up here and share it on my screen. Um, our field of, field of 64 projections from d1 baseball so yeah let me share my screen here because some definitely some interesting matchups to uh to take a look at
1: look at them
0: yeah yeah as of today the latest This will basically change every day from this point on. Now, as uh, conference championships go, bubble teams, uh, you know, either play themselves in with more confidence or possibly play themselves out. Uh, If we've got any bid steals, you know, these this bracket will change accordingly. Uh, The last four teams in right now that D1 Baseball projects in are NC State, UTSA, Old Dominion. And Clemson. Then the first four out they project are Iowa, Kennesaw State, San Diego, and Louisiana. Uh, hopefully that speaks for itself here. If uh, you don't understand what we what mean by this, last four in meaning these would be the last four teams that we project in, that D one that is projects into the uh, the field of 64 and regionals. Uh, the first four out are the first four teams that are just on the wrong side of the bubble, and if the season ended, they would not be playing any further in the postseason. Uh, yeah. Stolen bid wash, as they talk about, uh, just you know, looking at some of these uh, teams. If they uh, at large teams that they fail to win their tournament, you know, they're probably still locked in. But that would mean that whoever wins that tournament from there would take another bid. Then in the regionals, um, so D one projects right now. Tennessee obviously is the number one overall. Coppin State there at number four. Wake Forest at number two. Wofford at number three seed There's so, yeah, uh, you see how this is. It's the opening, uh, opening game of every, every regional would be the, uh, the one, the four seed. Um, and then, yeah, the first game that is on that side, kind of how the bracket comes together, uh, one and four facing each other, two and three. That's how it works here. Uh, then that's, you know, they go into each other, um, the, the winners there and it's double elimination, uh, there. So lose two games. You're then out of the regional. Uh, so yeah, Tennessee, Yes, I guess we'll, we'll just go one through eight, and then take a look at the other side of the bracket and what would feed into. So yeah, uh, I think Tennessee is probably safe in that one. Virginia yes. Tech, Virginia Tech is the interesting one you have to look mm. at here now. Is the number two seed um, yeah. because yeah, you've got this is going with these interesting situations that like get happened last year with Oregon, uh, mm-hmm. happened last year with Oregon. You saw it a few years back with West Virginia. Um, that a team that, you know, is kind of like in, in the building or rebuilding stage as a program. And they're like hosting their first regional, like in a long time, or really their first regional ever that they can have a great season, but another team can come in hot and they can, uh, they can then, uh, end up knocking the home team out of their own regional there. And that, so that team no longer goes any further in the postseason. Uh, Maine is a historically strong uh, mid-major baseball program uh, up there in the Northeast. Obviously, with its challenges with weather and climate-wise, being being up there in the state of Maine, uh, I would look at East Carolina and West Virginia are definitely two teams that uh, you know you could you could see Virginia Tech dropping the opening game to Maine potentially, um, and even. You know if they come back and and double elimination wise knock out Maine, that a it wouldn't take in it with one, yeah. They, they've already got kind of a little knock in their armor at that point. That, uh, you know, they an East Carolina or Virginia team, you know, gets out of that side of the bracket, come in then and beat Virginia Tech again and win that regional. I, I'm, I like East Carolina's chances. If they were to go <laughs> to that Blacksburg regional, I would have Virginia we'll Tech say. on up. Virginia Tech is on upset alert pr- personally for me. Uh, Stanford. Um, so it looks like right now, if uh, today they project them uh, against uh, number four Long Island, and on the other side of the bracket, number two UC Santa Barbara and number three Ole Miss. Ah man, Ole Miss is playing some really good baseball at this point in the year, but I think Ole Miss kind of, I think. The, the the bracket could be finalized with the with Stanford against Ole Miss. Uh, however, I don't see Ole Miss knocking off Stanford out of this regional. Uh, I think Stanford still wins it. Uh, I think they're they're playing their best baseball at this point of the year, and they've got a much more complete team. Uh, Ole Miss is kind of covering up kind of some holes that they have, albeit still playing their best baseball right now. It's the Corvallis Regional, Oregon State number four overall. They would f- face North Dakota State, number four seed on that side of the bracket. Then would be North Carolina and Grand Canyon University. Uh, once again, I'm calling that it's Oregon State's. I, I nothing about that regional really scares me. Yeah. Coral Gables, uh, that regional for number five overall, Miami they would face against Florida A and M on the other side of the bracket, and then Florida and Connecticut uh, on number two and number three against each other on that side of the bracket. Ooh. I could see I could see Miami getting past Florida and easily. Uh, I could see either Florida or Connecticut, whoever wins that one uh when they face up with Miami, uh getting all of that side of the bracket that they they could get game one against Miami, uh but then they would get uh Miami would come back ultimately and uh, and get two more wins. Um, and knock out whichever team they face on the other side of the bracket. They, uh, I don't fully see Florida or Connecticut as a dangerous enough team uh, to take out Miami out of that the bracket. To the College Park Regional, so we have Maryland number six overall,
1: mm-hmm. it's a Good national ending.
0: seed against uh, against Fairfield number four, and then if uh, if this was uh, <laughs> D one, projects our Texas Tech Red Raiders to be the number two seed in this regional going up against the number three Liberty flames. I'm all right. I, I I don't know if this is just a Homer in me or there's some legitimacy to, uh, to to my analysis here. But once again, I'm thinking Maryland just did not have the tough schedule in the big 10. They were dominant as they were. Uh, but I, once again, yeah, this is a, this is a Maryland team that is hosting their first regional, uh, in many a years. And, uh, I think Texas tech has a real shot at going into that regional and beating Maryland. And yes. so that would mean Do if Texas it. tech were to win that regional, um, it might, might be 2014 all over again, go, go yes. on the road for your, uh, for your regional, but then come back to Lubbock and host the super. Um, so I like, uh, I like Tech's chances. If they were to go into a regional like that, that's one of those, it's one of those ones is a two seed. the tech goes into that college park regional against Maryland. Uh, the way that Texas Tech's playing in this this point of the year, I like the possibility of Texas Tech being an upset pick in there. Uh, Louisville, number seven, uh, number seven overall national seed, and then uh, face up against Wright State on the other side of that bracket is number four seed, Vanderbilt and Arizona uh, is the two and three seeds. Ooh, I would, I'm gonna put Louisville an upset alert here too over Vanderbilt. I. I just don't fully trust Louisville. Maybe I just haven't seen enough of them, but I think a Vanderbilt team going into Louisville, uh, they they can knock that team off, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. They got the depth. Yeah, sure. they've got the depth. I think there's a bit more depth they have comparative to a Louisville team, uh, and that could get Louisville in trouble and uh, possibly out of that. Then, ooh, does it get interesting here as we round oh, out the, uh, oh, the, yeah. the top eight national seeds here? Uh, the D1 projects Texas A&M is the, uh, the number one seed there in their college station bracket, yeah. uh, in their college station regional, excuse me, uh, going up first on their side of the bracket against number four, uh, against the four-seed Army, uh, the Black Knights. Uh, man, Army just keeps playing solid baseball year after year after year. It keeps going to regionals. Uh, good good on those guys. Playing baseball is the easiest thing that, uh, that military academy members do. Uh, so good for them to be able to, uh, to to presumably be going on the road again for, for regionals this year. But where it really gets interesting on the other side of the bracket, it truly is the Battle of Texas in this one here because you have the, the what would then be the two-seed Texas Longhorns and the three-seed UTSA Roadrunners. Ooh, man. You know, it's mm. it's so easy to – it is easy in this regard – <laughs> to pick like it's easy to pick AM ultimately to lose this because you know they're going up yeah. against Texas and it feels like Texas just has their number uh, all the time but you know Texas saying them to get that midweek win over you uh over UT earlier in the season so they've already been in them once um there but it just it seems like yeah as, as much as the the overall success has been better of Texas and M since they left the Big 12 in a lot of sports, uh, whenever they meet up against Texas and anything, it's, uh, Texas reminds them they're still Texas, but I like, uh, I like that Texas A&M team. I think they have a lot more depth. Uh, some of the pitching has maybe been a little bit questionable, uh, recently, uh, Micah Dallas hasn't had uh, as many great outings as he had earlier in the year, but I think the, uh, I think there's, they're a more well-rounded team and a more consistent team, even with their flaws than Texas is right now. So I could see, uh, and and Texas both meeting up against each other in that, uh, in that regional final, uh, but Texas A&M ultimately getting the job done there in college station. And so then we, uh, we start looking, we look back around to the other side of the bracket. Um, seeing so, you know, the teams that whoever wins that regional would then fit, uh, on this side of the bracket would then, uh, we didn't face the team on the other side, mm-hmm. uh, there, depending on, uh, on who wins that regional. So, uh, the other side there, uh, from college station in Hattiesburg in that regional would yes. be number one seeded Southern Miss against four seeded Belmont. Uh, I've actually got a friend, uh, from church that his brother, uh, is a pitcher for Belmont. So I will, uh, I will have to tune in, uh,
1: nice.
0: uh to wherever Belmont's playing in their regional and, uh, um, and uh, get a look at their team more um, and then two seed LSU three seed Clemson Ooh man that's a mm-hmm. that is a difficult regional that is a that is a gauntlet of a regional right there uh oh, in man. Hattiesburg man I Southern Miss is the much more well-rounded team but LSU or a Clemson could go in there and swing the bats and uh and, and knock Southern Miss out of their own regional. Um, so I'd say that's an upset alert kind of territory. I feel like there um in Hattiesburg. I have, I think you know, okay. Southern Miss might drop a game there, but they're not going to get double limb swept there. So I'll pick them, but I do have them on upset alert. So they will have to they'll have to play some really good baseball. I feel like to get out of that one. Absolutely. And then Auburn on the other side uh, of Louisville. <laughs> there, the number ten overall seed. Auburn would then be a uh, number. Uh, the first seed in their bracket uh, uh going up against the fourth seed college of Charleston and <laughs> against uh and then coastal Carolina and Florida state would be the two and three seeds on the other side of the bracket, respectively. That's, that's yeah. a lock for Auburn. None of those teams uh, yeah. scare me in terms of seeing like, Hey, they could, they can knock Auburn off Auburn. You know, they've got sunny D, sunny Deshara got, uh, you know, they've got good pitching, uh, yeah. Offense, defense pitching They're they're, they've, uh, they've run through the gauntlet to the SEC West this year. That's a strong team. I could see them uh, I could see them winning that one for sure. And ooh, man, oh man, uh, if we get a Vanderbilt versus Auburn super regional in Nashville. Oh man, that would be that's must see TV right there. That would be seriously fun. yeah. all SEC uh oh, matchup for the uh for the super regionals kind of like they had with uh, with LSU in Tennessee last year. It's uh, SEC folks know how to party and have a good time. So uh yes. it'll, it'll be rocking there in Nashville for sure if that were to happen. Um uh, and then Virginia in the Charlottesville regional uh on the other side of the bracket from uh from the College Park regional. Uh, number 11 overall seed. So number 1 Virginia in their bracket uh, on that side they're going against number 4 Columbia. Number 2 Oklahoma against number 3 Old Dominion.
1: Mm, you can't yeah. count out Old Dominion. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. a that is an upset alert kind of bracket. That's a that's a bracket that I look at Man, if Columbia, Columbia could uh, beat Virginia, possibly in its opening game, and send mm-hmm. Virginia then into the loser's loser bracket at that point. So, uh, yeah. yeah, upset alert there, especially. And then, even if you if Virginia gets past that, like going up against either Oklahoma or Old Dominion, that's going to be a tough outing there. So, upset alert on that side. Thanks. The South Bend Regional on the on the opposite side of the Coral Gables Regional. Uh, yeah, so. Man, but Miami and Notre Dame, what a what a great storied uh rivalry between those two programs. They you know they go back to the old Catholics versus convicts days and uh uh everything that uh, that came out of that. But yeah, Notre Dame, number 12 overall national seed, D1 is projecting. Be number uh the one seed in their uh, their regional on that side of the bracket, going up against the four seed ball state. Two seed UCLA and three seed Rutgers. Um, This is just a meh regional. I look at. I I see that as an easy out for Notre Dame. Uh, You know, Notre Dame hasn't been like a super impressive team to me throughout the year, Uh, and that's just kind of a that would be a good seed for them in terms of not being super challenging for them uh, to get out their regional. The Eugene regional for number thirteen overall seeded Oregon, opposite of Corvallis. Oh man, what? Yeah, you look at some. You know the the seating committee definitely takes a look at some of the things of like, hey, what would be a great <laughs> matchup? What what yeah. was obviously true to the uh, the performance of these teams, but what would be a great matchup uh, once we get to super supers? So, uh, Oregon, we all know that that offense is incredibly explosive. Um, it's just can the pitching hold up? And sometimes it has truly been a struggle. Like we. We'll talk about Texas Tech's pitching being a struggle, man. Oregon, that is a full-on struggle bus that they're driving sometimes Eugene, with that <laughs> pitching there. So would be number one seeded Oregon in that bracket up against UNLV, the four over, uh, number four seed, and then the other side of it two see Gonzaga and three seeded NC State. Ah, uh, <laughs> Gonzaga would be a tough out uh, no, there. Okay. Gonzaga, I could put I could put Oregon on upset alert over Gonzaga. In my opinion, I think Gonzaga has been a much more, much more well-rounded team. I mean, we remember they Gonzaga went into Stillwater earlier in the year and swept, uh, swept Oklahoma State. So that's a strong Gonzaga program that they've got up there in Spokane. Uh, so put, put. Oregon State on upside alert uh, potentially this year. Uh, TCU uh, projected right now is the number fourteen overall national seed. Uh, So one seed in that uh, in that regional on that side of the bracket gets number four seed in McNeese state, then two seed Texas state and then three seed Dallas Mm -hmm. Baptist. Great,
1: great matchup.
0: Oh yeah. That's, Oh, that's going to be a fun, if that regional were to come together, that would be fun to watch. Um, I, I think TCU as great as those other teams are is still the favorite in that regional, but man, you're going to see some tough down to the wire, uh, baseball, if not if not some some extra innings games involved out of it as well. So we got TCU coming out of their regional if they uh, if they host, uh, especially in that lineup. Uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma State would be the number fifteen overall projected seed uh, on the opposite side of Blacksburg. So Oklahoma on their side of the bracket one overall against number four Davidson, and then two Arkansas against three seeded Louisiana Tech. Um, Man, that's a that would be a tough regional. I think Oklahoma State versus Arkansas would be a very fun, uh, very fun regional um, to see there. You know, you've got the schools are not separated that far from each other, so it'd be a raucous crowd up there in Stillwater. But I like Oklahoma State's chances of getting out of Stillwater. Um, mm-hmm. And then Statesboro, Georgia Southern, the Panthers, Statesboro Blues. <laughs> so the final number sixteen overall national seed. Uh, on their side of the bracket in their regional be number 1 going up against number 4 Campbell and then man the battle for Georgia Georgia on my mind for <laughs> sure <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. yeah so 2C the Georgia then going up against 3C Georgia Tech uh clean old fashioned hate the uh two yes. schools that cannot stand each other whatsoever um man G- <laughs> give me Give me Georgia in an upset pick oh. to give uh to get Georgia uh to to be Georgia Southern in that region. Yeah, yeah. I mean and the Georgia I, versus I Tennessee Georgia versus Tennessee Supers, give it to me, man. Give give me yes. the SEC matchups all together. I am uh do it. I'm Re- ready for it. Rehash it out. Yeah.
1: So yeah, that's uh that's
0: what, uh, I mean. what D one projects right now. And I mean, yeah, that. But once again, folks, that's just that's just D1 Baseball's projections. It's source we use here uh, for a lot of our coverage. There, uh, Kendall Rogers, Aaron Fit, uh, those guys, they do a fantastic job in covering the sport of college baseball. Uh, we would love to be able to talk with them at some point on our uh, on our program. Uh, but until then, we keep uh, we keep referring to their uh, their content because they are some of the best. Um, there's some of the best reporters on the, uh, the game of college baseball out there. Uh, we boom. And I, uh, for the season started, got a, uh, got a membership uh, with their publication um, yes. there. And it's been that, I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed having it. There's some fantastic uh, re- coverage in uh-huh. there of the sports, some great write-ups uh, all. If you just wonder down the sport of college baseball, God, they, they don't even pay us to talk about that. We're just giving them publicity because they deserve hits it. there. and oh, they, help, yeah. they help creators like us um, talk about this sport more and learn about mm-hmm. it and get better at what we do. So thanks yep. to one Baseball. Yep, they are the best. Yep. And with that in mind, let's close things out here uh, on today's show just by kind of quickly running through uh, the, uh, the seating and the brackets for each of the conference tournaments
1: here. Yes. So, uh,
0: starting first off here with our
1: home big 12 tournament yes tcu getting the number one seed and of course yep. uh, having the better conference records so yep so it's a uh, it's, it's a double
0: elimination tournament pretty you know some some conference tournaments have kind of these interesting pools and just like ways yeah. that they line teams up but uh but you know this is this is double elimination one versus uh, the opening rounds one versus eight seed. There's nine Big 12 teams uh, that play baseball, uh, Kansas being the, uh, the the bottom team this year uh, at number nine. I've gone home. Their season has ended altogether. Uh, but, yeah, you've got one versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five all in the first round. So that means uh, first round will be number four, Oklahoma State, versus number five, Texas. Oh, allergies are kicking up a little bit. <laughs> Got to love spring in Texas. Uh, (laughs) uh, Game number two, you've got, uh, so that's game number one. You've got Oklahoma State and Texas against each other. Game number two is going to be number one, TCU versus number eight, Baylor. Game number three is going to be number two, Texas Tech versus number seven, Kansas State. Game number four is going to be number three, Oklahoma versus number six, West Virginia. So those games all will be on Wednesday. Uh, Then you've got a couple games against uh, um Against the uh, the winners of uh, of uh, the first several games on uh, on Thursday, and then against the uh, the losers of several of those games on uh, on that same day as well. So you'll eliminate um, eliminate a couple teams uh, by mid afternoon on uh, on Thursday. Then you've got a uh, got another elimination set there of uh, a couple more losers um, there on Friday and then saturday you've got any more uh any more kind of loser elimination type games if necessary uh but yeah in the big 12 you can just play you can just get three straight wins and you can automatically punch your ticket uh to uh to sunday save up your pitching and uh and have a chance to play for the big 12 championship uh there and so then moving on to the SEC You know i the, the sec tournament is supposedly an absolute zoo down there in hoover alabama and i would love to go i mean just as a baseball fan as a college baseball fan it would be a blast to take the trip out there uh go hang out in the birmingham area for uh, for several days watch a bunch of college baseball uh drink some beer uh and enjoy the environment out there so uh Tuesday, uh, there. This is also a, uh, a double elimination uh, tournament as well. The SEC plays, and that uh, and the top four seeds overall get a first round bye. So that includes mm-hmm. Arkansas, A and Tennessee, and LSU. Uh, so you've got uh, got Georgia and Alabama that will face up first on the uh, first that morning of the twenty fourth, uh, my birthday is going up that day as well. There you go, man. So uh and then uh yeah, you've got the afternoon South Carolina and Florida go against each other, Mississippi and Vanderbilt, and then Kentucky and Auburn. And so the uh the winner of Georgia and Alabama will funnel into Arkansas, winner of South Carolina and Florida will funnel into AM. Uh Ole Miss and Vandy will funnel into Tennessee, and then uh Kentucky and Auburn will funnel into LSU. So uh yeah, and uh Pretty pretty similar structure as to what the uh, what the Big Twelve tournament does, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll be certainly be uh, be tuning in to catch some of those games because so there's definitely you we've know, got some teams that are on the bubble right there that you could could be uh, could be bid stealers there and uh, it'd be funny you know, to see a team like a like a Kentucky or a uh, uh, yeah uh, an Auburn make it into uh, uh, Kentucky Kentucky or uh, Alabama make it into uh, the SEC uh, make it into the NCAA tournament, excuse me. Um, yeah, the ACC tournament next has a very interesting kind of format that they go in. So you've got, they do what are called pools. Uh, so there's pool A, which is going to feature number one seeded Virginia Tech, number eight seeded North Carolina, and number 12 seeded Clemson. Pool B, which is going to feature number two seeded Louisville, number seven at Georgia Tech, and number 11 seeded Pitt. Pool C, which will feature three seeded Miami, Six-seeded Wake Forest and ten-seeded North Carolina State. Uh, pool D is going to feature four C and Notre Dame, five C of Virginia and nine-seeded Florida State. The way this works, and I'm just reading it here from the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, Bleacher Report is putting this one out here. Uh, Twelve teams are split into split among four pools of three. Each of the pool winners moves into the semifinals with Pool A playing Pool D, Pool B playing Pool C before the championship game, May 29th. So it just there's no double eliminate like there's no if you lose a game, you can climb your way back into it. It's um it's you just need to keep winning to ultimately win the uh win the uh win the conference tournament. And the second you're not winning. Um uh you're uh you're basically you're just kind of playing essentially for uh wherever you can finish out uh and for uh and for pride at that point. Um so yeah, the semifinal and title games are winner takes all. Uh, yeah, you had ninth seed last year. So uh, ninth seeded Duke took down uh, three seeded NC State uh, to get into uh, uh, to get into regionals. Duke needed to win that, and they got the job done there. So yeah, anything can happen. Uh, sure enough, it's gonna uh, uh, certainly this tournament could help out some teams um, some teams this year. And then in the Big Ten. Yes. yes. No, we haven't had a whole lot to talk about the Big Ten this year because <laughs> they've not been a super strong conference. Yes. Uh, but they, uh, you know, Big Ten plays at uh, plays at uh, plays their tournaments in Omaha at uh, Charles Schwab Field, formerly TD Ameritrade Park uh, in Omaha. So you know they uh, who knows one of these teams, one or more of these teams, may be getting a test of. Uh, of what it's uh, what it could be like to uh, you know play in Omaha on the big stage, but uh, with the Big Ten tournament here, so you've got uh, you've got number one overall seed of Maryland, number two overall seed of Rutgers. Uh, they are probably locks at this point. Uh, yeah, Maryland absolutely a lock. Rutgers uh, most likely a lock for uh, for playing in regionals this year, uh, and for everybody else, it's, uh, it, it's it's hoping to be a bid stealer. Um, so it looks like this is a uh, this is also a double elimination format that they have um, here in uh, here in Omaha. I'm trying to see if uh, if that is the case, it looks like it. Um, so the seating you've got here, you've got number three, Iowa against number six Penn State, number four number two records against number seven Purdue. Maryland, uh, uh, number one overall against number eight Indiana, number one overall, uh, number four overall Illinois, excuse me, against number five overall Michigan. Uh, yeah. So the winners of uh of Iowa and Penn State and Rutgers and Purdue will funnel again again to each other. Uh, Maryland and Indiana and Iowa and then Illinois and Michigan will also those winners will funnel into each other as well. And yeah, you've got the uh, the loser games that then uh, determine the first double eliminations and. Uh, Get more teams out of the bracket there, so should be a fun event in Omaha. It'll be a, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that conference positions itself heading into regionals. And then last team, uh, the last conference, excuse me, to uh, take a look at real quick uh, for a tournament is a uh, is a conference that is uh, having a tournament for uh, the first time. Uh, in mm. a good while, here there you go. Uh, I, well, the conference least, of champions, yes. The conference will have a champion, yes. The Pac 12 conference <laughs> will have a uh, a tournament, they're going to be out in uh, sunny and hot at this point of the year. Scottsdale, Arizona, playing at Scottsdale Stadium, there in this tournament. You have got number five seeded Arizona against going up against number four seeded Oregon, eight seeded Arizona State against one seeded Stanford. 7-seeded Washington against 2-seeded Oregon State, and 6-seeded California against 3-seeded UCLA. Uh, this is double elimination as well. By uh, by Sunday evening, we'll have a winner settled there. Um, yeah, going to be some fun baseball being played over the next week here. Uh, forgot to ca- kind of cover earlier here. I put together what I saw was just kind of a general consensus between several sources of who's probably – uh, on the right side of things right now bubble wise and who's on just outside uh right area so mm-hmm. say north carolina nc state utsa louisiana tech old dominion wake forest and clemson are on the right side uh clemson uh clemson nc state you'll really want to see them pick up a win or two in their conference tournament uh to really mm-hmm. solidify themselves um in their um on the wrong side of things, Iowa's was probably going to need to win their conference tournament outright at this point, uh, Pittsburgh as well. Um, Alabama uh, going to need to uh, do some work in the sec tournament, uh, San Diego, the Torios uh, or the Toros uh, I'm probably <laughs> butchering what they're called. They're uh, on the wrong side of things right now. Kentucky's got work to do in the sec tournament, uh, Louisiana, the raging Cajuns, on the wrong side of things right now And Kennesaw state as well. So, yeah, there's uh there's a good bit there's still a lot of meaningful baseball that we played at this yes. point of the year and the conference tournaments are fun it's a you know for certain teams this is a time just to have fun to maybe be a little bit more conservative kind of pack it up in other teams the chance to extend their season and uh you know maybe make some magic happen and uh, and uh, be playing longer than they thought they were
1: going to exactly it depends on where they are where they're stacked uh depends on what they have to play for but this is the time trav where the the you know the the fairwater fans start coming out of the woodwork and paying attention to this wonderful sport that is college baseball because when they hear playoffs that's when they're like oh wait what playoffs <laughs> yep absolutely and hey
0: there's a the the sport of college baseball is a big tent it's uh it's big enough it for is. everyone there uh, yeah <laughs> check it out uh get uh, you got these conference uh, tournament games are going to start appearing uh on the some of the networks like uh espn and espn2 uh in the days to come pick up that uh, espn plus subscription if you want yes, as well kind of get it's in totally on as it. well there um that helps for flipping between those games easy but yeah come uh yeah come enjoy some college baseball it's, uh, it's going to be a fun next week and especially over the next it's a few weeks after that as we ultimately uh, uh, a little over a month from now uh, crown a champion in Oklahoma uh, in Omaha for the uh, the College World Series so uh,
1: wow, only a month away it's going to happen so fast but man it was a good year and we've got some good action going on so if you haven't checked out college baseball at this point better late than never this is the most exciting time hop on the bandwagon Come give it a watch. We'll be with you every step of the way, all the way through the tourneys, regionals, super regionals. And of course, Omaha, we're going to be doing some special extra special coverage for that. So, yep. Uh, thanks for the rundown team money. Uh, we're you know we're gonna ride it all the way to the end. So uh, thank y'all so much for joining us for this extra special episode. Be sure to subscribe to No Doubt or wherever you're listening to this episode. Give us a five star review if you enjoyed the show. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All at No Doubt or Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Boomboss21. Travis softly at Travis softly. Subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel so you can actually see our faces, see us, the visual elements when we you know slam some beers and some wines. So. so we can describe the color of what we're drinking. It's all in the visuals. It's Cause we know what...
0: y'all totally got to listen to our podcast. so You can hear two dudes talk about alcohol. That's
1: <laughs> the visual component is what makes porn scores. So great. So if you yeah. want to see it, look up, no Doubter podcast, it's all there all in the description below. If you've been listening to us for a while, please consider uh, supporting us on Patreon. I really appreciate it. it. Helps us recoup our costs. Give a shout out to our longest standing patron, Tad Bostic and Patreon producer, Don Hale. You two make the show possible. We really appreciate it. If you want to have your name shouted out like that, $2, $5, $10, whatever you can, whenever you can do, it, it, it'll be worth your while. So, uh, also a merch store, mugs, t-shirts, hoodies, baseball shirts, phone cases, anything your heart's desire. It's all there. We got more than you can ever imagine and ever want. It is all by T public. All the links in the description below land this plane. T money.
0: <laughs> it would be my pleasure. Friends, it's been a great college baseball season. You know, it's a it's a little bittersweet seeing the regular season wind down now, because it reminds me that you know college baseball season. It's you know it, it the off season is never too long, but it comes around every year. It's a it's a time of year that I love, uh, but it never lasts long enough. Yes. Like I said, it's never too long before the next season, and it's it's just a reminder at this point of the year. That this season is winding down, but that means that the most ba- meaningful baseball is yet to come here. And we get to the penultimate part of it all. The greatest that there is here in the sport, the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska. It's coming sooner than later. We've still got a lot of meaningful baseball to be played between these conference tournaments and the regionals and super regionals coming up. We'll be with you every step of the way. And in that spirit, take to your everyday life, your passions, your desires, whatever you're going after, the no-doubter way, We're just batting 400 and always swinging for the fences.
1: This episode of No Data was produced by Eric Von and Travis Laughlin and edited by Travis Boston.
0: Our logo was designed by Lindsay Zilblay.